Wonder what Derek Jackson and his wife's bonnet, Rootwork, Toxic Christianity, C.L. Franklin, and James Cleveland have in common. I can tell you right now is this episode of the Black Therapist Podcast starting right now. Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity through the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on Amazon.com or BlackTherapistPodcast.com and grab your copy of the book guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is a podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions, and you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you are a mental health advocate or therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site. And if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting "get happy" all one word to 66866. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say, hey, you can contact us at our website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you're having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey guys. Um, <laughs> this week has been crazy, has it not? So I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to talk really long, mostly because we have a really good show coming up and it's a long one and I'm not going to edit it because I feel like I've missed some shows with you guys. So I think I'm going to just give it to you whole. So um, next week we'll have to come up with something else. But um, I posted a... Uh, I guess it's like a meme, a gif on Miss Nikki Banks Instagram page. And if you're not following me there, as well as at Black Therapist Podcast page, shame on you. But I posted a, a meme or a gif or whatever. I made a post and it basically talked about all of the pseudo psychologists, psychotherapists, psychiatrists that were diagnosing Derek Jackson and his wife. And now, if you guys don't know who Derek Jackson is, that probably means that you are well-adjusted and that you read a lot of books. But 
Um, for those of you who don't know, he is a relationship expert. If you were watching me, you'd see I'm doing it in air quotes, who basically f***ed up his relationship on it. Well, messed up his relationship on air i'm gonna make sure i self-edit myself um messed up his relationship on air and so there were a lot of different things happening he has misrepresented himself in terms of his brand as this this guy he had this whole thing that said like black men don't cheat and etc and i had been following him for a number of years i did not know he was married apparently that was part of his 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 game and so I made a post about Derek Jackson and then people were asking me to like do this podcast this week. So that was how this this came about. But I wanted to be respectful. Uh, a lot of the vitriol and like bad stuff was directed at his wife. Um, you know, sis looked like she's probably going through some things, which happens when you have been with somebody for 14 years and he's been hiding you on social media and not really telling too many people about you and then you find out that he's cheating and sleeping with other people and you know possibly getting people pregnant allegedly you know she she looked like I would imagine she feels on the outside and so you know there was this post of him holding her hand some people referred to it as a hostage video some people said that she had low self-esteem some people well let me back that up some people did say she had low self-esteem however if you go to her social media pages there were, were a number of posts that were alarming um to me as a therapist if i take everything at face value every single thing that we see on social media is not facts everything that we post is not you know in alignment with what we're feeling in the moment but if i only take everything that i've seen at face value from the perspective of a therapist yeah, there there were a few things that were, you know, sticking out to me. One of my professors in college, she used to, she used to use a term whenever we were looking at like diagnostic indicators as red flags. Are there any red flags? There were several red flags that were rave, waving and some of them were like, you know, three stories high, but I don't know her. So to diagnose her was not something that I wanted to do. I don't know him. To diagnose him is nothing that I, I wanted to do. A lot of clinical terms are being thrown around like narcissist, etc. And I mean, I know what it's like to love a narcissist. My dad is, an, is a narcissist. When I say that he meets the diagnostic criteria. I don't know if this man meets the diagnostic criteria. But you know, my spidey senses are tingling on a few things with both him and her. Um... There were several posts that she put up about stalking other women who were interested in him and something about like a cultic church. So I felt like the the best way to respectfully approach this topic was to talk about it from the aspect of toxic Christianity. There was a post that she put up about battling demons and being dressed for spiritual for spiritual warfare she had on like a a hat and a army fatigue thing like if i if i only take it at face value with my history of growing up in the church she sounds a little intense but you know these these are not things that i haven't heard before growing up in a you know baptist christian church however 
I think that it was kind of alarming the way that people saw it, because if you see him and the way he is on social media, it's very he has a very crafted image. That said, that's what we're going to talk about today. And I have my friend who is Christian counselor Juanita Warren to come on the show. Dr. Juanita Warren. Um, Also, I just want to make a a quick announcement. One of my friends and somebody that has been on the show before. Shout out to Roxanne Maskell. Um, If you haven't checked out the episode that she and I did, please do so. Her husband is doing a virtual play called The Triggered Life at the Portland Playhouse. Portland Playhouse and The Triggered Project presents Triggered Life, a requiem for healing. Written by John Aluwale Adikoje. Uh, you should have known I was going to mess that up, Keith. Keith's testimonies written by Keith Maskell and John Alawole. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm going to screw up the last name. Blame it on my slave master. The play is called The Triggered Life is a multi-sensory, multimedia, post-traumatic story. How exactly does sexual trauma cast a shadow over the wholeness of black male selfhood? When the shared cultural values of black and brown communities demand that men suppress their vulnerabilities and meet with their psychology alone. Triggered Life follows a day in the life of two such men, Ishmael and Keith. As these men relive their stories of abusive childhoods, they embark on a journey to define their own manhood and identity the triggered life experience is a 90 minute tour de force followed by talk back facilitated by mental health clinicians streamed live from the playhouse stage the play is going on from march 18th through april 4th tickets are five to twenty dollars per household and there are some black and brown affinity performances coming up on march 31st and april 2nd those are the remaining shows that are left and you can go and get your tickets on portlandplayhouse.org and you can hit keith up and let him know that we sent you at keith maskell with two l's on instagram and they also have a podcast it's called living a triggered life podcast okay so check out my my peoples tell them that we sent you and so that's what we have going on i just want to support them hopefully i'll be able to get a ticket and attend this week but the the way covid mental health is set up sis is tired i just want to also acknowledge these shootings that have taken place in the united states over the last few weeks and you know the sad piece about everything that's happened is knowing that white people also perished in those attacks, you know, the the obvious to me that the incident that happened in Atlanta was a hate crime, right? Because he looked for Asian massage parlors. Duh. Like, you know how many white-owned spas there has to be in the Atlanta area that if this was not a racial attack and a white guy with a gun who had a bad day wasn't a thing, that these people would have been safe, they would be alive, right? But, uh, you know, the, the sad part about it for me was just having this thought that because eight people were shot in the incident that happened in Atlanta, yet two of them were white. And, you know, the countless number, I think it was 10 people that were killed in Colorado, which apparently Colorado and white men and guns, I know that this the perpetrator in the incident that happened in Colorado, I I, I want to say he has a, he had a Middle Eastern name, right? Because I don't want to want to link this to any kind of particular religion. He had a Middle Eastern name, but when you when you saw him coming out on the news and the way his skin presented, you thought he probably was white, right? But when that incident happened, a police officers were killed, white people were shot some very young people 
seven children don't have a father as and you know like the countless number of of people who lost family members sisters brothers fathers mothers just going to buy groceries um nobody screamed white lives matter nobody i didn't see any hashtags that said blue lives matter none white supremacists were really silent on that like we need to stop hate and we need to stop making it the responsibility of the oppressed person the one that is hurt and castigated and thrown aside and damaged by white supremacy we we need to stop branding it with them right stop what is it a api hate stop asian hate let's just stop white supremacy and then we don't need a black hashtag we don't need a hispanic hashtag we don't need an asian hashtag Let's just gather white people together and get them in line and let's get some gun control. How about that? So I just want to make sure that everybody understands that if you are Asian and you listen to this podcast, that we support you. And the NASW New York State has really been doing programming. I know that NASW period has been doing programming to help to address the unique issues that people who are of Asian descent face. And so... I just want you guys to know that we also stand with you. I don't want it to, to, to seem that we have been silent. I've just kind of been still in a lot of different ways because I've had to learn to conserve my energy when we are definitely under energetic attack in this country. I, I agree with Derek Jackson's wife on one thing. This is definitely spiritual warfare and you have to gear up, but just not in the way that she's talking, not in the way that she's thinking. Okay, let's just love one another. Let's get into this episode. Introduce yourself to our listeners. I am Dr. Juanita Warren, PhD in Christian counseling, board certified Christian counselor (laughs) and therapist. Okay. And so why did you think that it was important for you to actually be trained in counseling as opposed to like a lot of ministers do therapy and they don't really have like the clinical piece. Primarily because <laughs> I, I I appreciate the the biblical foundation behind such, but I also appreciate the science. And actually, I think um, biblically the Bible points to science as well. So I feel it's just important to help me to be well rounded, um, because I can address things with people. Um, and never have to bring the Bible into it or Jesus or Christ or religion into it. Um, and they can understand the science behind it better than they can understand that the church or religion behind it is. Well. Okay. And what do you practice? <laughs> what don't I practice? Um, speaking to the whole person, um, addressing the whole person. So um, I do a lot with uh, financial therapy. And understanding that the person and behaviors behind our, our handling our finances as a financial coach and financial therapist and financial counselor. And then a lot of um, just individual and couples therapy, just just helping people understand where they are and get to a better place and, and defining what better looks like for them and how to reach there. OK. And where are you located? Atlanta, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. Why did I think you were in North Carolina? Because I, because I was in oh, okay. North Carolina. Okay, because I'm like, wait a minute, point. did I make this up? Nope, you did not. I was in. I've gone back and forth between Fort Bragg and here for a couple of years. Okay, and so you relocated to Atlanta 
how many years ago? So I've been here. Ooh, so I came back in 2014, and then I've been here for good since 2018. Well, gosh, we've known each other for a long time. We have probably since 20, at least 2012, mm-hmm. 2013. Yep. And um, I don't know. Do, do you remember that time I reached out to you when I was really kind of struggling with my faith? Like if, if therapy was good for me, if I could really do this. I don't know if I was in school or if I was just finishing up um, what you told me. I, I remember talking to you um, in the midst of things, but no, what did I tell you? <laughs> um, I think I kind of was just dealing with imposter syndrome at the time. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to even be able to, to do this. And um, I think you told me, oh gosh, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the chosen. Mm-hmm. So it's funny you say that because I was getting chills as you were telling the story. And for me, that's just kind of how God speaks to me and not that it's really cold in here. Um, <laughs> um, because, yeah, that, that was nothing but God. And um, I usually and, and screw I, that up. Like, I usually screw that up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so profound. And then I was doing something to share it with the client. And then I saw it was in the Bible. And I was like, okay, well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think regardless of faith and belief, there's a bit of Bible in all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am not a Christian counselor, um, but I am a Christian. And so I find that a lot of my clients, I'm using Christianity with them. Um, not so much in that a, a lot of my clients are either spiritual or religious. Although I do find a lot of my clients now are in Atlanta, Um after the pandemic, because I'm licensed in several different states. And so, you know, just the basis of just kind of being a counselor or a therapist in the Bible Belt, you just see a lot of, you know, Christians. And so I I feel like it guides my practice. But I am one of those Christians now who I'm I'm really not so into church. Um, I really want to get back into my Bible. I really want to invest a lot more into my own spirituality. Um, but I'm very cognizant of um, what Ayana calls churchianity. Hmm. And this, this, this kind of ooh, church as an oppressive tool. Um, and that's kind of like what I wanted to talk to you about today. And I was like, I don't really want to jump into this whole Derek Jackson situation without looking at the the Christianity piece of it um because I'm not I'm not so interested in a man who cheats and lies that's like not breaking news right yeah. <laughs> or somebody that misrepresents himself as one thing and you know lives a, a different life right especially after this this last week I don't know if you've seen Aretha Genius on that geo Yes, I have. Okay. So I've, you know, um, and I have like a little Aretha Franklin story. So I've never like been an Aretha Franklin fan just because generational, we just kind of different. Only songs I really know that she, she did that like my era was jumped to it and, you know, arose. Right. But. And Pink Cadillac. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, those <laughs> are the only songs I really, really 
new and obviously like the big ones respect and think because I you know saw Blues Brothers and stuff like that but um my son and I went to a Broadway show and um we I don't know how we ended up either on the first or second row um but we were like sitting off to the side and it was show was about to start and then they stopped everything and I don't know didn't know why and it was like a little commotion and then I saw Aretha Franklin come in and she was like sitting a row behind us and I was like this is strange I was like my mother would probably care about this but like I wasn't like interested (laughs) not like interested Mm -hmm. my son was so young he didn't know what like to care but like that was like a big deal for me like kind of watching her story this weekend um because she's been through so much but just looking at how her experience in the church growing up as a a preacher's daughter being pregnant you know two times before she was 14 um a father who obviously molested a a child and and was a philanderer and was you know into drugs and alcohol and all these other things i had already heard of the stories of cl franklin just kind of watching you know ray charles's um documentaries and some other things they talked about how you know people think that rock and roll was bad but church folk mm-hmm. were the ones that were really kind of getting it in um it kind of made me look at the landscape of what christianity is now and how it really is like a mechanism of control for a lot of black women and I've even seen it with my friends I feel like a lot of my friends have gotten to an age friends and family and I don't know if anybody else can kind of relate to this where like they've been hurt so many times from from love and from the world and from everybody else and they get to a point where Jesus is their boyfriend and so I think that goes back to being churchianity and not Christianity because so much of it is not is not biblically sound or biblically grounded. Um, yes, it, it may be a Bible verse, but it so much is taking out of context. Like even the even the four walls aspect of of church, as we see it, is not biblical. Like if you look mm-hmm. at just Jesus Christ and, and Christians was a it was actually, it was a slander word. Like that that's what they called folks picking on those that followed Jesus. Like oh you Christian, um in terms of being like Christ. But none of that looks like Christ ministered. And Christ ministered for like three years. But you see, you have people in the pulpit for thirty. <laughs> um, anywhere. Yes, yes. And was, he ministered and anywhere outside of the wall. To he everyone. didn't have a marketing ministry or marketing budget. Um, he didn't have a salary. The The congregation wasn't paying all that. So much of what we look like is that yeah, that no lasted throughout from- generations. Um, like, <laughs> none of what we call church today <laughs> looks like church in the Bible. And, and in the Bible, we church is us. We are called to be the church. It's not a, it's not a building. It's who we are. And um, you look like Christianity, much like um Judaism or Muslim or um, Islam, like it, it's a way of life. <laughs> and but we miss so much of that. And so many of us have experienced church hurt inside the four walls of church and by the humans <laughs> um, that, that the beings that are in there that don't mm-hmm. look a mirror Christ at all. Um, so, yeah, you listen, church folk are the worst folk <laughs> in so many areas and aspects. Um, so I'm with you in terms of, of church isn't what I do. Church is who I am. And that's one of that's been one of the blessings of what the world has called the pandemic 
but what a lot of people of faith think and view as um, a divine shut-in. Yeah. Um, in terms of it's it's caused me to be to want to be more and more like the church and and be more mm-hmm. um be more of the church instead of focusing on that building that we go into and where we can do the rote and ritual, um anytime, um instead of doing what we do. So I I and I think that's kind of where we've gotten caught up is is in the the playing church as opposed to being the church yeah yeah um and so you know even my aunt my aunts and my and my sister my older sister goes to church at the same you know big mega church in dc and um there are times i'll have conversations with my aunt and she'd be like you got to get in the church you got to get in the church and i'm like well you know my experience in the church i grew up in a church where my minister molested his niece um, at 12. And of course we were just taught in church that she was fast. We didn't know mm-hmm. that it was him mm-hmm. that had, had done it. I mean, I, we didn't find out until he was an adult until I was an adult that he was the one that had gotten her pregnant. Um, his, his, his sister's granddaughter. Um, you know, there was sleeping around happening in my church. My minister was, was, you know, sleeping with a family member. Um, and I knew all of this as a child. Um, there was rumors, I guess, because his wife was West Indian that she was practicing, you know, Obia. So it was just like, so mm-hmm. like for me as an adult now trying to make sense of what my mind made sense of as a child, um, going to that church, I don't know how to function. In a, like I don't I I have very little trust in terms of like what man tells me the word says so I have to read my own Bible and and look and that too is biblical it says study to show thyself approved it's the reason why they didn't want us learning how mm-hmm. to read mm-hmm. because if we could read we would understand that whatever they were telling us was a Christian or biblical about slavery wasn't what was in the word. That's why they didn't want us to read. That's why they don't want poor people to. That's why literacy isn't pushed amongst poor, poor communities or poor social economic statuses, um, because they don't want you to be able to read for yourself. But it says study to show thyself approved and not just read, but fully study, understand the context, understand the translation, understand what was going on and happening and what makes this relevant now and understand, you know, why it's relevant today. But there is there in a church position, um, be it pastor, bishop, chaplain, deacon, trustee, usher, simple member, that a male, black or white, has not tried to holler at me or initiate an inappropriate relationship with me within the church household. Wow. Not a one. I'm not surprised at that. I mean, looking back on, on, you know, the situation with my minister, I know exactly who he is or who he was. You know, he passed away not that long ago. And there was a time that I went <laughs> back to the church as an adult. I laugh, but it's not, it's not funny. Um, my mother was very upset. But um, my grandmother died when I was six. And she, he was my grandmother's minister. Um, and there were some things that had happened within the family afterwards that involved him. But he ended up... Um, having my grandmother's Bible and he's displayed it in the church. And I'm not really sure why. And then this one Sunday, um, my mother and I were having a conversation on one week and we were having a conversation and she told me that he had my grandmother's Bible and that it was my Bible. And I was like, I don't want him with my Bible. 
Uh, my grandmother died when I was six. I didn't have anything that she gave me. She put my name in it. It was mine. I was going to get it. And she was like, don't go in that church to go and get it. And I was like, I'm going to that church on Sunday. Because I know they're going to be there. And I'm going to get it. And I swear, I showed up in that church like I was going to fight. <laughs> you know, growing up in the church, we did. We had to wear skirts. We, you know... Not biblical. Pressed, everything. So I went, I just woke up on a Sunday with my jeans and sneakers on. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to the church <laughs> to get my Bible. And so I showed up, I went, I got there. I, you know, he he saw me coming. Um, and there were some other things that I had wanted to address with him. Um, now as a grown up that I could actually, uh, you know, confront him um, about some things that had happened. And so... His wife was very happy to see me. She, you know, she always was. Um, and she was very cordial. Um, and then I was like, yeah, I need to speak to pastor. He took me in the, the room and I told him everything that I wanted to tell him. And I was like, I am here for my grandmother's Bible. Good for you. And he looked at me like, well, that it was given to me. And I said, it has my name in it. And I didn't give it to you. And I don't care who gave it to you, but I'm here for my Bible. And so, you know, there were certain things that were said. There definitely weren't apologies. He didn't really like there weren't offenses that were done to me. But there were things that I had seen that had happened around me as a child. And as a grown up, I was able to like articulate very clearly what I knew to be true. Mm -hmm. And so... All he could say to me was that, um, you know, you've never been stupid. He didn't apologize. He he didn't acknowledge. He just said, you've never been stupid. <laughs> and I spoke as frank as I possibly could and used as much French as I knew. And he was like, why? You're, like, you are in the, you're disrespecting the, the church home. And I said, God doesn't live here. Because if he right. did, you would not be who you are. Yeah. And who he still was because he had had children with his his wife's niece, mm. allegedly grown. And this person was grown, but like this, this just kind of was their dynamic. And I just I was so disgusted that as a child, this is how Christianity was introduced to me. It still to this day breaks my heart because I know my family went there for healing. Yeah. And I know that the, the damage that he did, but the damage that he could have done had he been able to run a, a, a full muck inside my family. Yeah. 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 Because he was my, he was my grandmother's minister. And so he was our link, our link to my grandmother, who was our pillar. Yeah. And she passed away and it shattered our family. Yeah. I'm so sorry. But I definitely commend you on getting your Bible and taking back your grandmother's Bible um, and the courage that that took. Um, because they, we, we, fear is misplaced in us in terms of questioning adults and authority figures and religious figures um, and doing what's right as opposed to what is religious. Um, 
So yeah, I, I would imagine your mama was mad, but she 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 had to know her daughter and who she raised, and it telling you oh, you wasn't just gonna sit on that. Um, I think she was kind of embarrassed a mm-hmm. little bit. She really didn't say anything. I think she knows that I'm my father's child as well. Mm. <laughs> my dad would show up and show out. Um, but you know, I didn't make a scene inside the sanctuary. I didn't like, we had our conversation in his office. I said what I needed to say. I came at the end of set, you know, the end of service. Um, but I had him, I needed him to know that I knew that this was not of God. Yeah. How you, how you lived, what you did, how you, what you preached it was not of Christ, not in the, not in this building. Yeah. Um, and I literally saw that church be built. Like when it was a, it was a garage. Hmm. From like walls. Like I literally saw it being built. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, he, he, he devastated my family just by being the kind of person that he was. Um, and I have no idea um, what happened after we left, but I was grateful when we did get out of that church um, and that we were actually able to get a- away from there because like my my great aunts went there and, you know, that's how I ended up finding out that he passed away recently because my grandmother's sister told me because um, she still went to that church until she left New York. Yeah. So the family church family, it was home. It didn't. Wow. It felt like a prison to me, as does many folks' natural homes still. Mm. Yeah, yeah, not a safe place. So good, good, good for leaving that. I'm glad your family got away. Mm-hmm. And I, I pray that anybody that hears your testimony in that that it gives them the courage to do the same, to walk away from places that you know aren't right, because your 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 spirit tells you. Uh, the Holy Ghost speaks to us and, and will move you to say, Mm-mm, something's not right about this. Maybe you can't put your finger on it, but something's not right about this, this place, this person. Something's not right. Um, but in, in true church fashion, just like historically, it's always been the women that shoulder the blame. Like that's from the, the Garden of Eden. Like it's always been the women. Like you mentioned that the young girl that was molested um, and, and raped by anyone uh, by church folks. And, and pastors and men in leadership, it's always the girl that's fast. It's always blamed on the female. Um, but but that's been since biblical time. Doesn't make it right, but we always shoulder the blame. And and since we do shoulder the blame, then we gotta shoulder the responsibility from from the responsibility for getting from out up under that. And the responsibility yeah. for holding whomever accountable accountable. And it breaks my heart as a grown woman. Um, to know that she was paraded and berated in church every single Sunday and had to sit there and listen to the man who did that to her every single Sunday Yeah. as her belly grew and as, you know, like that just, as a grown-up now, I don't know how you reconcile that. And I know that she was troubled and that she had, she you know, had gone through things after that, but we were isolated. Yeah. Every system that should have protected her did not, but we were isolated from her 
because she was fast. Mm -hmm. So even people who could have actually gave her refuge and she was the same age as my older sister around her age. So my, my mother was definitely like, you got to stay away from that girl. Mm -hmm. She was shunned, but nobody said she's, she's like 12, 13, 14. Yeah. Um, and as I was watching, you know, even with that history, as I was watching Aretha, you know, there are rumors that her oldest son, was her father's. Yep. And I was like, it never even dawned on me that he could have, even though I know that he had a child with a 12 year old. It wasn't until like last night when I was thinking and I was yep. like, and then I found out that the oldest son was also disabled, which sometimes happens in, in such families. I was like, well, dang, this woman left mm-hmm. him with these girls yes, mm-hmm. left him with these girls and I I saw my minister in the school that I, I taught at one day and I let them know I don't know whose child he's coming to pick up but he's he's not safe for the children here and so I don't know whose kid he's coming here to, to get but y'all better figure y'all should figure mm-hmm. that out um so, yeah, just kind of thinking of, like, you know, the shame that Aretha must have had to go through to How about that? go to church. Even even if he was not the dad, just being 12 and 14 and, you know, fornicating and you're in church and your body's growing and church folk whispering, that has to be crazy. Oh, absolutely. And, and we as girls, developing girls, are shamed for our bodies developing. Mm-hmm. While boys are encouraged, for lack of a better phrase, to soar their royal oats, you know, they 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 should be proud of their maturation, while we should be embarrassed and ashamed of ours. Right. From you know wearing training bras so that our bosoms don't appear to be so big, and um, you know other things that we we can't control. That this is this is us. It's not us happening to it. It's happening to us. Um, so yeah, we've just kind of as a as a community and a society, we've got to do a better job at protecting our our young and allowing them to enjoy the innocence of youth longer than um, shorter, and not over sexualizing them. But what if what when we are not so young? I, I'm in a Christian group um, on Facebook, and I have to be honest: the things that I read in that group are alarming to me. Um, There is always a battle for right or the souls of our people every single day in that group. And I'm like, when do you have time to just be? Um, There was an uproar about some teacher teaching our children yoga. And they were like, this is not of the Bible. They have them chanting. The chant is a prayer. Um, somebody had, my sister had a Buddha in her house. And I'm like, the Bible says be still and know. Bible says meditate on the word. Hmm. Med- meditate. <laughs> but that's not what, but that's not what they said that the Bible said. That's not what the Bible meant. But to, well, until you can translate 
what is it? Ancient ancient Aramaic. You could tell me what it says, word for word. Since you since you you know your you know biblical text, and you have translated it, and you can translate it to modern day English, then you tell me. But until then, I'm going to take this. And then they got mad at me for pointing out that it is said that King James of the King James Bible had a wife. And oh yeah, and had his name was Prince Ames before he became King, King James, and had his mother beheaded. But they're mad. They they get mad at me, and that's, when the, I point that's that out. the version of the as Bible. As they start to talk about his version, as as soon as they start to talk about homosexualities, so you know there was a, a, a uproar. I I had obviously made everybody upset because they started to talk about you know trans women being able to use whatever restroom that they use. And what I said to them was, it's none of my business. Bible says, judge not, lest she be judged. So they got upset because I said that that was above hmm. my pay grade. <laughs> and so what I said again was, well, I let God be in dominion of his, his kingdom and I mind my business. I, I can't put that person in heaven or hell for what they do. That's not one of my favorite me. memes. It's with God now, literally. <laughs> it's with that. That's with God. Like, you, you, and like so, these same people will tell you that the the Bible is the infallible word of God, and it's how truthful it is, and and all of this stuff, and that God is intentional and strategic. Well. As, as whenever you've studied like um, Greco-Roman society, the, the, the Grecian or Roman way, you know that um, monogamy and heterosexuality was not mm. common. Ain't what a thing. They did. Ain't a thing. Right. It ain't a thing. But Jesus was not, yeah. it was not happenstance that his boys were from Greece and Rome. So you can't tell me that all his whole camp was straight. So he he intentionally mm -hmm. fraternized with, and it says those that were undesirable. So those same people that we would we would deem undesirable today, we are called as Christians, believers, whatever we want to call ourselves, to to love love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So he he wasn't shunning them, and it's not for us to shun either. Yeah, well they didn't. They 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 thought that they could shame me into changing well, they learned that day or my opinion about it and i said i'm gonna mind my business on this <laughs> one and my favorite thing to say when people go on is just keep your eyes on your own paper what worry right. about your own sin right. and then i looked at the the uh owner of the group today i was looking at her thing she she's cut her hair yeah. Oh, her, her hair is oh. dyed. For shame! <laughs> we know, we know, but we know what what the Bible says about cutting your hair. Oh, you! How dare you cut your crown in glory? <laughs> so, like, we can't. I mean, pick it. We pick and choose what we want to yeah. use in it in order to harm other people, and it becomes a it becomes a real serious. And we point problem. fingers at someone else. Totally ignoring and disregarding the fingers pointed back at us and hoping that nobody sees them. Get out of here with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's been a big thing. Um, Derek Jackson 
His wife has finally been revealed. I've, I've followed him for a number of years. I followed him, follow him. I don't follow him on his social media. Um, but I, I do, you know, see when people post his memes and stuff. Usually he talks about relationship stuff. Black men don't cheat. Post things in, you know, makes videos in his car, comment on other things and other people's stuff and other people's mess. And clearly he's, he has his own mess. Um, he's been sleeping with now. Three women have come out. One woman was said she was pregnant. All of a sudden, he just started posting his wife. We, I never even knew he was married, but that was also none of my business. And I guess since this has all come out, now the wife is under scrutiny. And I don't want to scrutinize her, but I do find it weird the way she is clinging so heavily to the Bible when he, this person is just a man. So, I mean, I really want to talk about like how the Bible is used for um, used as a mechanism of shame and control of women to keep us docile. And even even when in in the in the movie, right? So, if you guys didn't see Aretha Genius, it's on Hulu, whatever. Um, when the wife found out that he had impregnated the twelve-year-old, he prayed. He prayed and was like, I need you, God, to remove this from me. I, you know, I, I need my wife to be pious. She's filled with so much goodness that, that I know we can sustain this. And I was just like, I don't I don't know what to do with this. Because at our core belief, we want to believe that the person that we have chosen Deserves a second chance. That's what the Bible teaches us about re renewal and restoration. It's Easter time now, but not every union is is made that God has put together. That's that's where it starts, right there. We're quick to say, well, the the Bible says what God has joined together, let no man put it. Well, for but Paul's. So where did God join that together? Just because He allowed it to happen, doesn't mean He joined that together. But we're never honest with ourselves enough to admit that. Um, <laughs> again, um, the, the the Bible's being used as as a weapon and wielded selfishly. Um, the Bible, scripture, verses, uh, prayer. Um, just just looking at biblical construct, you know, and that that whole how that whole garden. In, of Eden thing went and creation went, it was God, man, woman. And, you know, <laughs> God gave woman to man, but what did he give women? We are the original sinners. <laughs> what did, what, and, and that's always been put off on women. But uh, if you look at just how it all transpired, God gave the, the rule and order to Adam. Eve wasn't Adam. even there. So we don't know what version she got from Adam. And when the whole thing went down um, in the garden with the, the serpent, Adam, if you look at this, if you look at the translation of the words, Adam was as close to Eve as elbow to elbow. Adam was right there the entire time while that whole exchange was going down and didn't say a mumbling word. <laughs> and when God came to ask him about it, his first words out his mouth was that woman you gave me. And since then, we've been taking the blame and having to be honest. Well, no, God, this is what happened. I was deceived. 
That's what she said. The serpent deceived me. She, and, and, and we've been honest about that account and, and covering up man's BS since, since creation. So um, I, I, I think it's important that we as women learn to call BS on stuff that's BS. That how it played out in Aretha, BS. Um, the, the, how, how are you a relationship guru? You're talking about black men don't cheat and your following don't even know you have a wife and you've been married for how long? They've been together 14 years. So why are you embarrassed of your wife? Why aren't you putting her up on a pedestal? Why aren't you complimenting her? Why aren't you singing her praises? Ever. Ever. Nobody knows. Your adoring fan in public does not know that you have. Oh, you know why they don't know that you have a wife? Because you think that if people knew that you were married, that that would that would take away your sex appeal. And you know that what mm-hmm. you're selling to people is sex and sex appeal. And the idea that perhaps they may can be a part of your harem at this point. Like, no, that, no. Mm-mm. And you know what? You said a word when you said we don't know what man told Eve. Because a lot of times we are just relying on the word of a man instead of listening and reading and absorbing the word of God for ourselves. That's and it. even when I'm I'm in my my role as a therapist and counseling people who are, you know, maybe trans, maybe gay, you know, maybe just straight who've had really contentious and oppressive relationships with the, the, the Bible as translated through their families or through their ministers or through their communities. I often tell them to read your Bible. Like you got to read it for yourself. And get a version that you understand. We don't talk in this thou and thee. Get one you understand in language that's relevant to you. They have a Gullah and Geechee Bible. I'm building a bit they have a Wait, Ebonics what? one. Yeah, they do. They really do. <laughs> I don't even I can't even imagine what that what that would even read like, Lord. Um, but get one in words that you understand. Not not one of the ones that kind of totally twist um the context or the way you totally miss the the reference, but but yet still in words that you understand. And that you can talk because you that's why the Bible says to take the word and hide it in your heart. So that if you have no Bible, that you have these words in your heart. So it's, 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 you have to know it in words that you can understand that you can repeat back to yourself. Poem yeah. does say the Lord. What I was going to say was my aunt, she often when we have conversations, <laughs> she often remarks about how I am more Christian than some of the people that she knows in the church. And I was like, because I'm not there for show. I'm not trying to dress up. I actually read my Bible. And Christ is in us. Like it's within us. If we're created in his image, God is in us. And it all points back to him. Um, But so that that whole thing, like I just, so like for Linton, for the season of Linton, I've been um, distancing myself from social media and finally just kind of deleting my page for a while. Um, and so I've, but you can't go with any circles and not hear about this. And and it's a pattern um, in terms of these, these uh, for lack of a better phrase, relationship gurus whose relationships look like trash. You know, it's starting kind of one of the most familiar examples. The most recent ones is Steve, Steve Harvey. Harvey with you know, all, his wives, about, yeah, all his yeah, wives yeah. named Mary. 
probably like well, at least he couldn't he wouldn't forget their names, right? I mean, all his wives was named Mary, pretty much. <laughs> That's so crazy. I mean, he didn't have to he didn't have to change the monograms Mm-mm, on never. anything. Not not nothing. Your initials are still the same. So you know, starting with with Steve Harvey, and and the thing about it is these they're not even necessarily honest and open about their mess and about their mess and trash. Like, you know, tell me your, tell me your life and stuff is, um, ate up, <laughs> you know, that makes you much more palatable to me. I mean, so, but shoot, we could look at Jamal Bryant. We could look girl, at what's, what's the other one that passed away? Um, Eddie Long. Uh, huh. but any, any, any man of the cloth, um, it's still it, a man. It, Exactly, but we put them up on pedestal. Um, one of the things, and and that that's just the the uh, folks of color, you know, in terms of looking at um, who oh, was remember, it? Like remember Billy Jimmy Swagger, Swag- yep, Jimmy Swaggered, um, um, J- Jim Baker, J- Jim Baker, and Tammy Faye, <laughs> and like like all of these people. And I actually like her son. Their son preaches, um, but he's oh. a different kind of he's a different kind of um minister. I have to find him, but like so it's and but we put them on a pedestal and on on. Oh, even recently the 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 white minister um from Hillsong. Oh yeah, with the um the picture. He got ran out of town. He he's from here, New York. Um, J- Justin Bieber's minister. He was sleeping with somebody in his um. Yeah, I mean. Oh, okay. Listen. Oh, wow. And I don't know. I guess because growing up in the black church, hearing that testimony story, I, I you always root for the underdog. You root for like a Malcolm X kind of transformation. Here and now that, you know, Martin Luther King was, you know, probably having extramarital affairs doesn't really surprise I- me. Girl, don't you you better not say nothing bad about Martin Luther King. I don't want. I don't. I actually, but, I actually refuse to believe it. Well, it it uh um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, no, because you uh uh-uh. uh y'all not gonna ruin ma'am. my icons. It just ain't gonna happen. No, but but it's not a ruin. It's just a. It's just a. He is a man. He is a man. Yes. Well, and you got to understand, just even biblically speaking, that that if I can capture the head of your congregation or whatever you put on the pedestal, everything else will fall. So what gets me is that these men don't hold themselves to a higher standard. They think it's, oh, it's okay. I'm just a man. Mm-mm, Derek, you knew that you out here preaching this. You knew that you doing what you were doing could ruin your street cred and you could care less. You pastor whomever you are. You knew that sleeping with your choir members, sleeping with whoever else um, while you're married doing this. And you could care less because either you thought you were above reproach or you thought that nobody would care. But you you cared more about your fame than you did about the souls that you should be saving. Well, and so it's just it's just that arrogance. And and I think like like one of the things um, I saw in that that whole they were saying, you know, narcissistic personality uh-huh. disorder. But I also think there's a certain level of that that goes with any man seeking power Hello. and positions of leadership. And I think, I think, I think, and I would love to have a black male therapist if you're listening, come on and talk about it. But I think, and I've, I've spoken to my own therapist about this, that in order to be a black man in America, you have to be narcissistic. 
in order to think that you could succeed because everything in society is telling you that you cannot do anything. You are not worth anything. You are not, you know, gonna, you, you may not be able to live. I see a lot of black men celebrating live until 40 or live until 50 because they didn't think that they, you know, that they defied the odds, which it is defying the odds in America. But like, I think in order to really truly succeed in America, you have to kind of be narcissistic. Now, narcissistic doesn't mean that you reach the diagnostic criteria, but personality disorder is a spectrum or personality development is a spectrum. And I find that black men, men in general, but black men in particular, have to have a, a, an overinflated, super delusional ego to believe that they can beat the odds out of all odds. Because everything in society is telling you that you won't make it. I think we all do as people of color. I, I, I find that black women, for the most part, have a little bit more humanity. In, in well, and um, humility. Yeah, because we're beat that. upside the head against it. <laughs> we, they beat us upside the head. And because it. black men still have the power to make of us their footstool that we Ooh. have it, it becomes a thing so when I watch that video of this woman Danaea sitting there defending the man who has dis- dishonored her yeah disrespected her yeah. disregarded her and threw her to the side Defend him, and not only that. Then to make the 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 video, I don't know if you saw the other video that she made where she said that I wasn't worried about combing my hair or putting on a bra because I am dressed in the full armor of Jesus, and I am going to destroy the demons who are coming into my my household. And I'm like, well, I mean, are you going to start with your husband? How about that? Hello, somebody. I I, I want to sis, you deserve better. You deserve she 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 deserves exactly what she has. <laughs> that that was a um, but but again, I I think it's um, I think she's been subjected to her to religious pro- propaganda, uh-huh. whatever it else, whatever it is that she's been taught growing up. Um, I, I think she's just subjective. Well, to as that, a grown that. up, because there's a there's a thing floating around of the church that they belong in, and they are both in this this video of them being in this church where there is a minister. <laughs> there is a Mm-mm. minister <laughs> who is praying over what looks like a woman's vagina to remove sexual demons from her. Okay, and he is exercising. Um. the oral sex demon from her and I'm watching it and I'm like I don't I don't know the scripture in the bible where like I what is this so I'm gonna tell you what's missing in there just biblically okay okay (laughs) because I don't you know I didn't read it cover to cover but I figured maybe I missed it here's the part that I liken it to and this is where uh, to me this is just they kind of got it a little backward they missing some things so so there's the woman that they they brought to be stoned, right? Because she was sleeping with another man, uh-huh. and so and you got to understand, I I really I I kind of dumbed down like these biblical accounts. That's fine. But 
Jesus is, is, is playing in the sand, for lack of a better phrase. He's he drawing in the sand. And what they do is they, they, they bring her pretty much to him, and he's not really paying them any attention. And so they, you know, they call him out on it. And he's like, uh, so where's the man that, that she was with? So now these fools done told off all on themselves. They sitting up here watching this. So let's, let's uh, liken it. So you don't watch this porn. You watching them do what they do. You done grabbed her. Well, oh boy, you didn't bring oh boy. Nobody talks about what Jesus was writing in the sand, but I'm willing to bet he was writing in the sand all their names. That's why he could say, you know what? You, you were throughout sin, let you cast the first stone. And you, every last one of them had to leave. Every last one. Because could not one say anything. And I bet you almost not one couldn't, couldn't say either they hadn't been with her or one of her girls. So so you you casting stuff out of, out of her, out of this woman, but you're not calling nothing about the man, <laughs> the demons that are visiting her. Are you serious? Because I'm willing to bet if the, the reason she couldn't say, you know, whose name it was, because it might have been somebody up in that congregation when he was when he was saying, you know, what's its name? What's its name? No, no. They they got that all twisted. You you blaming the woman. Where, where's where's the demon? Where's the dude that, that put his penis in her mouth? <laughs> and oh oh dear. dude, I wanted to throw my phone when I looked at that. And I've seen this a couple of times. I'm like, you you are kidding me. Well, he's not the only minister that I've seen do that, but just to see And it's always the women, it's never the men. I don't see them no. I don't see them dipping no male's penis in no holy water. I've yet to see that happen. I don't know that I want to see. <laughs> I don't know that I want, I want. That's not a baptism I'm looking forward to. Just so you know. You will do all these inappropriate acts with us as women, but you will never imitate the same on men. Ever. You're touching our wombs, but not touching their area. Nothing. You're not touching their mouth, their eyes, none of that. Their hands, nothing. When you look at porn, when you look at indecency, when you look at adultery, nothing oh but you're taking all these acts with us so china mclean posted a video recently where she talks about all of the acts in the bible and all of the actors so she talks about you know rahab apostle paul um abraham all their scenes can king david and she lists them king solomon all of the, the dirty deeds that they have done that's documented in the bible nice <laughs> And people are just like, it, it, to me, you got to read the entire Bible for yourself. Like as a Christian, that's supposed to be your goal. Read it, study it, go to church on Sunday, right? Well, not necessarily. No. You don't need, you know, I know, not, not the last one really, but you, you don't really need anybody to interpret the word for you. Right. Right. You gotta read it and take away from it what you what what is beneficial for you. Like God can talk to you just like He can talk to anybody else. He's not a respecter of person or education or literacy level for that matter. I just think that this whole bastardization of 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 biblical principles in order to I want to say castigate, you know, it's, it's Sunday um, to, to make women feel horrible about the deeds of their, their husbands. It's just a bad thing. And it reminded me of a friend that I have. Um, he was 
cheating repeatedly on his wife. He would say certain things that would erode her confidence in front of me. Um, mm. He'd say stuff like, because everybody calls me Banks. He'd be like, look at how Banks got her hair done. Sean, you should do your hair like that. Or look at how... Um, she, look at her shoes. She's so fashionable. Do you see her rings? And I had to pull him aside and be like, stop that. That is your wife. Number one, you and I are just friends. Number two, I don't ever want anybody to feel any kind of way that they don't need to feel. And then I, at some point he, he didn't stop. So I had to go to her and I said, why do you let him do that? To you? And she said, well, I don't really pay him no real attention. And I was like, it gotta hurt. I'm a woman. It has to hurt. He wouldn't stop doing what he was doing. I told him you need to stop doing what he was doing. Well, I guess it was just one last straw. And I guess she must have found out something that he was doing. And sis had like a psychotic break. Breakdown. Mm. She was spouting the Bible that. God told her, revealed to her what was going on. You know, he he told her to, you know, kill him. Like, she really tried to stab the life out of this man. And she ended up in the psych ward. And I told him, I was like, I told you that not only were you pushing her over the edge, but y'all rely on religion to control this thing. And look what you have now. He's like, my my wife was gone. Like I, he was, he said, her eyes completely changed. She turned into something else before him. And I was, he was like, she looked possessed. And I was like, I don't, I'm that's above my pay grade to say that she was. But I know I told you she was gonna get tired. <clears throat> I told you that. And all I could do was listen to him and say, uh. Uh-uh. Because it didn't make sense in the moment to say, I told you so. Right. But I just said to him, I hope now you're done. I hope now you finish. But what was it in him? And that woman <laughs> stuck by him through everything. Everything. She stuck by him through everything. Like anything that a man could wow. suffer, she stood by him. And I used to ask him, aren't you tired? Like, you got to see she deserves better than this. But she, when I tell you she snapped, she was on psych ward for like a week. And see her now, speak to her now, you think nothing ever happened. She back to her old self. They still together. Hmm. I don't know if he has changed. Why though? Why? Are you but I, this was before I do what I do for a living now. So I also, I know that they were, mm. that there is sickness in that midst. And it, you know, she's surprisingly the same one of the, of, of the, the, the two. Mm. But what do you, what do you think about like the use of like demonology <sighs> and like this, this terminology as it relates to mental illness, because I also watched Creflo Dollar one, one time and he was saying how he used to work in a, a mental institution and there was a schizophrenic that nobody could reach and the medication wasn't working and the therapy wasn't working and nothing was working, but he prayed with the person and then the person just 
got better. Now, I don't, I know that prayer works, but I know my Bible also tells me faith without works is dead. So you got to actually do something in order to get better. And there's a science behind, you know, therapeutics. And so I cringed a little when I heard it, not, not denying his, his experience of it, but I know that for others in the church, sometimes you're just told to pray away mental health issues and not actually seek a qualified counselor with clinical skills. I, I think I go, I, I too um, stand on faith without works is dead. Um, and that there are things that have to be worked out. I think, um, I think we have to decide <laughs> um, if, if the Bible speaks of demons and possessions, I, we can't discount that. And I say that from the standpoint of we can't say that this this doesn't exist in one venue and then say that it does in the other. And I, I speak to that. We we can't say that ghosts don't exist, but we believe in the Holy Spirit. Like <laughs> we can't we can't say that. Um, or expect to do where the, where it says greater works than these will we do? Are we expected to do? And we don't we don't count that you know there were the casting out of demons and such. But I also think that um, so many people perish because they don't get the the professional treatment um, and assistance and the medications um, that can help. Um, and we, ha I don't think we understand or that we, tr we treat it as like a one size fits all. And that's not it at all. Um, I also find that a lot of my clients who are schizophrenic, some of their, um, I don't want to say delusions or just kind of like the, the, their mindset and their thoughts are also on religion as well. I had one woman say she was she was married, she was pregnant with Jesus. Um like I, I I've seen some of it like a, a large percentage of it be biblical in in more or religious in a sense. And that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um because you got to also think like during biblical times even our religion was thought to be cultic. What we, what Christians are now, was thought to be culted and thought to be a cult. Um, even, even the the practicing or, or what they considered witchcraft. Um, I'm about to step on some toes. <laughs> Go ahead. So you said that you you can't say that you believe one but not the other. Yeah. Right. And so also in this group, they talked about going to fortune tellers. <laughs> Yet the Bible speaks of prophets all the time, like the like the prophet Isaiah, prophet that would talk about you know the seven years of feast, the seven years of what, phantom. Like, what's the difference? You, hmm. What's the difference? Because they they posted in this group I'm in again about how one woman, she says she's Christian. She was on this, she's a talk show host. She was on the show. She, you know, they had a, a person there. She didn't seek the person. The person was just there. Um, she went to work and that, that's what they were doing that day. And they offered a reading and 
the stuff that they said to her rang true. Um, there was somebody who passed away in her family. I, don't, I think it was a medium. And then everybody in the group were up in arms and they were like, oh, this is, you know, hmm. devil work and stuff. And I'm like, but the leader of this group calls herself a prophet. And she tells y'all the future all the time. I'm very confused at like, so we we if you call yourself a prophet, we could believe you, but if it's not in hmm. the church, I can't believe it. And so I had a situation where, you know, me being Western Indian, a friend of mine went to get a reading. I went with her. You know, the person had had a message for my mother. It was health wise or whatever. And I I was I told my friend I was like I don't even know how to even present this to my mother because, you know, we black, black. <laughs> we black from down south and, like, you know, roots and people put a root on you. And like, I don't really know how to, like, do this. And I had to have a conversation with my mom and I was like, well, I know that when we went to church as a family, I don't remember in, any prophets coming to our church, but was there any prophets that used to come to the church? And my mother was like, yeah, there was this lady. She used to come. And I was like, well, did what she say, was it true? Like, did it come true and stuff? And she was like, yeah, some of it, you know, it rang true. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I went to something similar and they had a message for you. Do you want me to tell you? And she was like, you can tell me what it was and so I told her and I was like well they told me that you should you know get this checked out of your body that this is what they see or whatever and she was like okay yeah and that was like clean as it but I had to figure out how to present it in a way that wasn't going to be rejected because I don't get to choose God's messenger right right none of us do if he can use any and everything, he darn sure can use a rock to talk to me or a tree. <laughs> well, I ain't never heard no tree yet, but you, know. <laughs> you can you can see a message in the leaves. <laughs> um, you know, he very well can use somebody else to speak to me. If he'll use anything in any and you know what? He can use the saved and the unsaved. <laughs> like to speak to me to get a message through because sometimes I might not listen to those to whom I should and ought you know what he like so for me for me he uses music like music ministers to me um, oh gosh me too and it'll, it'll be a song it'll be some some song I hadn't heard in years or it'll be a string of songs coming on that are, and this can be on like the hip hop station that will have me boo hooing or you know just speak to me in ways that maybe I wasn't catching any other way so mm -mm. but um, but you at least you had the discernment to know that hey you know what I, I, I need to figure out how to how to make this palatable how to present this to my mom because just saying to her that this um psychic woman says she had a word for her might not get through well the person knew way too many things that were true yeah so I didn't, I didn't, you know, if someone is telling me that something could possibly harm my mother, I got to tell her. But it, I, like, I got to say it in a way she will listen. I got to, you know, pack this in 
a religious form that she could understand because mm-hmm. I can't just say that we, you know, I'm with my West Indian friend. We went to the Obian man. This is what he said. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I'm simply along for the, for the ride. And he's telling me stuff about my mother and my father and my, like, he knew stuff that he couldn't possibly know. I'm just sitting there. Right. Had no idea you'd be coming. You can't say, well, Mama Chicken George with the chicken foot said to do this and do that. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. The Bible. But I love looking at the biblical tenets of what we consider voodoo and witchcraft. And um, like there was a reason that the, the gifts that Hello. they brought to baby Jesus. Are you e- reading my included, mind? Included like you reading um, my mind. You reading my mind. You reading my mind. Because I was literally about to say. That in that group that I am in, they talk about people burning sage, burning sage, burning, burning frankincense, all of these things. And I'm like, I in my grandmother's Bible, in the back of the Bible, it is it lists herbs. And she got the big old Bible with white Jesus on the cover. This is the Bible she left me. In the back <laughs> of the Bible, it just has nothing but herbs. Yep. That's what that's what root working is. Root working is understanding Mother Nature, understanding Mother Earth, understanding the, the healing properties of what what God. That's why God gave man dominion over the earth. Like if that's what that's really what root working is. <laughs> um, and yep, and understanding like the poisonous nature and 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 how roots can control people. And influence folks. Like, you gotta be kidding me, folks. You know, they threw water on us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who, if these people read their Bible. And, and, and Christianity did not start with slavery. That was not the first introduction of Africans, if you will, to Christianity. Like, that was not it. It didn't, it didn't start here like that the reason they threw water on us when we got to shouting and dancing and praising while we were enslaved is because they didn't understand our praise they didn't understand our worship and it's still the same today but now we don't understand it because it's been diluted it's been diluted and and we don't get it you are right about that we 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 think that christianity and god is, is is just is just all male no 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 because it, it, the Bible talks about wisdom, her wisdom, she, like it, 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 it's no. But yeah, that's another story for another day. Um, I think we, I, I think, I think we forget that we were created to worship, um, and so we find ourselves worshiping different entities and deities and and celebrity statuses, and um, putting these folks up on pedestals. Um, the fact that. The majority of relationship advice for women come from men. Patriarchy. Baffles me. <laughs> Just really, really baffles me. Um, and come from men without a habit of successful relationships. Um, come from men who would be the type of men we, we wouldn't desire. Tyrese. Or, and also, but primarily the type of men that we tend to date anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, just, it just baffles me. But we date what we see. It absolutely just blows my mind. And the fact that we women um, attacked Derek's wife before attacking him. 
we attacked what she had on, what she looked like. Now that listen, that I've I've seen them. That was to me. That was more so about him. She was no surprise to me because the personality makeup that he has about himself. You know, doing what I do for a living without diagnosing him, he is no different than the wives that I see a lot of my friends have. Oh yeah, who all sleep around, who all have extramarital affairs, and they have separate. But he, he, it's she. She was no different than that. And there, there's like a my ex. I mean, when he and I would, would talk about relationships, and he was religious, and he was in the church, and I'd be like, I want to be your, I want to be your your wife and your girlfriend. And he was like, That'll never be happening. And I'm like, How? <laughs> Why? Because a lot of men have this kind of like Madonna whore complex right yep or we, well let's just call it mary and mary hello mary mary complex because <laughs> one was the mother of christ the other was a prostitute and so a lot of men have this fantasy that if this woman is going to be the mother of my child she must be purer than the driven snow so when i saw the wife you know, in the in the hat, I didn't. It wasn't a bonnet. It was a hat. I thought it was a hat, and but you know, no makeup, no no nothing. And I mean, just she didn't have a bra on, but I haven't had a bra on in months because we've been working from home. But just it it startled me, not for her. I was embarrassed for her, but he's so image conscious that it sitting right next to him it just looked askew mm -hmm. it looked off just as a, a tangent so they Derek Derek what are you overcompensating for bro well like I said if you show me who your wife is I'll show you who you are what are you overcompensating for with all this this body consciousness you got going on? Um, what what what, mm, what what are you trying to make up for? I find that in marriages, the, the wife that a man chooses, and the Bible says he who finds a wife, so he's doing the finding. It says a lot about their relationship dynamic and it shows a lot about that man's personality. So once I did finally did see the wife outside of her wedding day, because she was absolutely beautiful. You look at her, there are pictures where she, she can dress up. She, you know, her hair's long, it's natural. She, she got all of the things like we could, she could, she could clean up. But the fact that that's not the image that she portrays, it says a lot about who he is to me. Hmm. Again, how long y'all been married and why are we just not hearing about your wife? How can people make a greater spiritual investment to be closer to godliness in the midst of all of this garbage? So there are only 24 hours in a day. What are you putting in? What are you taking in? What are you absorbing in that 24 hours a day? Where are you spending your time? How are you beginning your day? How are you ending your day? You know, what what are you feeding on throughout the day? I mean, and, and that's from the standpoint of meditation, from the standpoint of media exposure, um, you know, because kind of what goes in you is what comes out of you. Um, 
So I, th- I, I think that's how, I think that's where it starts. You know, if, if you are spending the bulk of your time on social media, um, then, then how are you fostering your relationship with whatever religious deity that you profess? Or, or how are you, just how are you bettering yourself? How are you investing in yourself and in your well-being and your wellness? Um, for me, I've had to find that, you know, starting my day off, um, we've been doing like this, this prayer challenge with a group of folks. Um, we we start off, I think right now we're at like seven o'clock to 6.30 in the morning, Eastern time. And for the folks on the West Coast, that's 3.30 in the morning, Eastern time. No, man. Where we <laughs> and we we we're just we just ended a ten day fast yesterday well at midnight today, um where we gradually went, you know, we were doing only fruits and vegetables after a certain time, you know, fasting and, and just kinda like what are you what are you surrounding yourself with? And so for me, I have to surround myself with folks that are going to pour into me, folks that are going to build me up, folks that are going to challenge me. It's kind of that same notion. If you are the smartest person in your circle, you need a better circle. You know, so what what are you? Are you like you're not going to grow closer to God or whomever if you're not spending time with him or her or in the word? If you're not meditating, if you're not journaling, if you're not reflecting, you have to be intentional about it. Um, and if you're not surrounding yourself with people who are going to encourage you to be better um, and encourage you and lift you up when you're struggling, this iron sharpens iron. Yeah, I remember my mother, I, I was praying for something. And, um, you know, I was telling my mother, like, I was really struggling spiritually at one point. And my mother said, well, what are you putting in? Hmm. And I said, what you mean? She's like, well, you, you know, you, you calling on God to give you something. But what did you invest like what is you? What are you investing in your relationship with God to even ask for anything? Yeah. And I was like, uh, uh. And so, you know, I think for me, I lean a lot more. Oh Lord, looking at scrolling YouTube, it says Steve Harvey's wife and side chicks. Jesus be offense. Um, Wait, so one the the interesting story is the story about Marjorie as a whole. When you look at Marjorie's past, no, no, this this got to be old stuff. This got to, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, but but listen, nobody. Hello, she got the pass of all passes because you know. Well, I said pass p a s s, but you know p a s t for show. Um. But nobody ever talks about it, and it is what it is. So I'm not. I'm never. I'm never gonna be mad at a woman being restored, because men are restored every day. Every day. So I'm never gonna be be upset about a woman being restored, and let's hope you know Derek Jackson's wife will be restored. Hmm. You know, let's hope. Let's hope that that for all of us. You know what I mean? That, that we are able to like think about the things that we need in life and and to sacrifice for it. Sometimes sacrificing is not just leaving that marriage; it's just kind of leaving behind it it all. Yeah. And so, um, I was saying something else, but I lost my train of thought when Steve Harvey foolishness <laughs> came up on YouTube. But um. Your mom was talking about what are you investing? What are you investing in? Yeah, I mean, we we I speak to a lot, a lot to clients who are struggling with religiosity and really wanting to connect spiritually 
because there there is something you know no matter you know I'm about science and and but nothing has been able to scientifically explain why I wake up in the morning you know what I mean and why sometimes you just die in your sleep of natural causes nothing has been able to explain that so obviously there are there are, are things hmm. that we just don't understand there are there there are percentages of our brains that we don't even know what it does yet huge percentage i love neuroscience and how our brain works and what part of the brain controls what in terms of our body and and just our our emotions and life you know we are spiritual beings in a physical form Mm -hmm. and so for me trying to strike that balance to be able to invest in spirituality um, with healthy religious principles is something that I wrestle with all the time, especially being that my religious foundation was unhealthy. It was so toxic. This idea of like toxic, you know, religion. And I had a client recently whose, whose mother was sick. And that's what he, she said. She said, my mother used to pray for eight hours a day and never take care of me. Hmm. Wow. She's like, I don't know what her diagnosis was. I don't know what her issue was, but she used the the term this toxic Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that, that is a word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it's a matter of focusing on those things that bring us healing. Um, those things that, that are, are light and joy and love in our life, those things and those people. Um, those things that that build us up, not those things that beat us up or beat us down. Um, I'm probably one of the the weirdest things to see at a gas station with listening to country music, singing along, knowing the words. Um, you would never expect this this black chick is going to be who gets out the car with the the country music pumping. Wow, we invented it. But, but but like much, it's been appropriated and taken over by the, the others. The folks looks like the inside of our hands. And but the reason I listen to that aloud mm-hmm. is I don't have to worry about turning it down when kids are around. I don't have to worry about it being uh, attacking me. Like, you know, I'm not being called out of my name or being made to feel lesser than at something that it said. But I'm also the same one that's going to know all the words to something by UGK or Tupac or Biggie. Like, I'm also that same person. So it's, it's but it's, it's giving yourself what you need in the time that you need it. You know, sometimes that, that may be the, the, that may be your, your Sunday gospel soundtrack. <laughs> um, other times it may be my mm-hmm. ratchet music, <laughs> um, but giving yourself what you need and being honest with yourself about if something is either either adding to your life or subtracting from it. So just really being honest, something or someone. Yeah, because I'm like, gosh, I, after watching Aretha, I'm like, I definitely want to download that um the Amazing Grace album. Yeah. Like, like, I didn't even know about this album. It's the best-selling album, you know, gospel album of all time. How? Um, so my mom and I, we watched Aretha, I guess, last week, week before, whenever it first started, and when they were playing it kind of back to back to back. Um, and I, the roles, 
that the rose because my mom's born and raised in Harlem, but Rose is the song that I fell in love with Rita by just because of mm-hmm. how it spoke to the brokenness of women and how you're still a rose regardless. And that we like, you know, that that was like a self-esteem boost to me. And I, I probably was a teenager when that came out, um, or young adult. But that 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 boost that's what made me fall in love with Riri, um, and how she spoke to women. You know, never mind all of this. You are better than that. Yeah. Um, and no matter what you've been through, you don't look like what you've been through. Well, that's a change <laughs> from jump. Because I listen to jump as a grown up. And I'm like, wait a minute. When my baby calls, I got to jump to it. Hold up. And then to know that she wasn't even, she was married to Glenn Terman at the time, who most yep. of us know from A Different World. Um, But she was married to him at the time. And then she wasn't going home to him. She won't pay him no mind, but yeah, jump to it is the is the song that made it to me, and that's because Luther Vandross, who also is from Harlem, right. he wrote that. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I want to download the album. Not so much about Aretha. I love Aretha, but um, well, I've learned to love Aretha as a grown up. But you know, I grew up in a in a Christian home, so we listen to James Cleveland all the time. Ooh. So what you don't, if you want to ruin your childhood. No, no, no. Don't tell me. No, no. I don't want to know. Go back and look up the history behind a lot of the folks that we've idolized. I know that these people are just people. I know that they're just people. You want to ruin your childhood. Do that. I have had a client recently and there were some family, uh, you know, things that were discovered in they were just trying to like figure out how they were going to tell the children, you know, how we break the news at so-and-so and so-and-so. And I was like, listen, do you sit those kids down and you tell them, you know what, growing up relationships are complicated. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, that's so simple. And I was like, yeah, but it's the truth. Like when right. we get older, we are so, we are so into like putting our family, mom, dad, you know, whoever up on a pedestal, did you realize that these people are just people and they struggle just like we struggle. Yep. And if you ever want to read a struggle story, read anything in the Bible. Right. <laughs> anything and everything. There you go. Because even Jesus who died on the cross, he still struggled with his faith. It was a moment. Yeah. But he did. And he knew the end. In the beginning, and still struggle. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so I think that we have to really start reading our Bible and not just getting the information secondhand. Um, and really start seeing like you know what is being revealed to us, and 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 sometimes for for me, just kind of like the strength of my intuition. And when when the Lord won't leave me, I know when God is speaking to me was when He won't leave me alone. Mm. The best way to hide something from somebody is to put it in a book. Well, I'm the wrong somebody because I read books. <laughs> as well as you should. And everyone should read and read the good book at that. And and there's a plethora of resources at our fingertips. You know, hey, okay, so what was the context of this? When they talk about why women shouldn't talk in the church or preach or whatever, what was the context context behind that? So that you fully understand why they're saying that. And then let's go into the New Testament and understand where is this where is this proven or disproven because there's there was not by happenstance that Jesus chose to reveal himself and that he had risen to two women to spread the gospel to a host of women to spread the gospel we're meant to spread the gospel that's that's why he did that 
Um, but, you know, read, read, read yeah. the Bible for yourself. And research, research. Okay, understand the context. Understand the background. Understand, like, if you want to understand who Jesus' folks were, there were men and women. It wasn't just the, the disciples. You know, there are the major ones that we know about. But understand who his boys and who the women were and, and what their character and backgrounds were and why he was surrounded by a whole bunch of different people. Why there was the, the taxer and the fisherman and, and what it really meant to be a carpenter. And just read and study, please. <laughs> and, and, and just pray. Pray, meditate, write, journal, whatever it is. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. And I, I, I tell my clients all the time when they are, are dealing with this kind of stuff. And I, I say, and I, I look at my relationship with my therapist as my relationship with God is personal. And it's just between yeah. me and him. And so you got to remove your family, remove your friends, remove your culture, remove all of these other ideals that you have from in uh, from being obstacles to your spiritual walk and your walk of faith and just be with God. Yeah. Look, am I just an aside? If you're a therapist that doesn't have a therapist, you need another therapist. Because we can't be out here being therapists and we're not practicing what we're preaching. You need another therapist. I love that you shared about talking to your therapist. I think probably since the beginning of this year, I was speaking with minds every week. <laughs> and I was intentional in, in the type of therapist that I chose. But um, if, your therapist, if your therapist doesn't believe in, in, therapist, in therapy and doesn't have a therapist, then keep it moving. Yeah. It was great to catch up with you. Pleasure was all mine. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, are you accepting clients? Are you busy as everybody else? What 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 are you doing now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I am accepting clients um, under Chaplaincy Services and Consulting. Everyone's virtual. Um, I do not accept insurance. Everyone's self-pay. Let you haggle it out with your insurance folks. Um, but my profile is on Psychology Today. And tell them your whole name again. Oh, so I am Dr. Juanita Warren Wilson is actually my whole name. Okay. And um, where can they find you besides psychology today? Is that it? Or is there like a website or something? Um, a web page, just short and sweet, because I, I believe in that for right now. Chaplaincyservices.net. So chaplain is C-H-A-P as in Paul, L-A-I-N, services.net. Once again, we want to thank Dr. Juanita Warren for coming on the show and uh, make sure you're doing whatever you need to do this week to invest in both your spiritual and mental health and guys be well. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your host, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I, thanks, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, banks.com, and on the show's website, Black Therapist podcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh, show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com thank you be well